flash forward a few months, I, I look back at that and I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, because I went through the wrong puberty. That's why I was feeling that. Ah, interesting. Please elaborate. Welcome back to Cis Education. I'm your host, Betsy Rothrock, and this is a podcast about everything you've wanted to know about trans people, but we're too afraid to ask. Each week, I have a conversation with my cisgender friend about a topic related to the trans experience and answer all of his weird questions. I'm joined again by my co-host and dear friend and belated birthday boy, everybody's Bobby Flo. Happy birthday, Bobby. Oh, thanks. I'm trying to get him to stop coming. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. We're 29 again. I know. Feels great. I need to let everybody know it's your birthday because I love you. No, thank you. It's uh, it was um, it was you know it, you don't really do much at thirty eight. You know, you go to work, come home, maybe hit the lick store. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just going to swing by the bar and have a shot of Jameson. I'm going to go to bed because I'm old and tired. My back hurts. I know, but you know what? That's not so bad because there's so much sensory overload these days that it's nice to just yeah, chill, chill, roast a fatty, have a cold one. You know, it was a good birthday. Thank you. Thank you very much. I love you too. You're welcome. I'm glad you like it. All day. Good. And you and your uh, you and your brother were discussing uh, old rap albums and and rating the relative value of them. Yeah, always, always. Do that. <laughs> it does change. You know, it does change. It does. I, I'm still going. Chronic 2001 is my all time favorite. Then yeah. It, it, then there's like a hodgepodge of like Reasonable Doubt. It was written. Illmatic. I mean. Uh, those are yo Illmatic is dope as fuck, dude. I like uh, God, every Ill- single Ill- yeah, every single beat is just so chill. I uh it's so we gotta fire. do we gotta do one of the things I want to set up a Patreon at some point, like we can build up a listenership. And one of the things I want to do for like bonus content for the Patreon is just like random bullshit like this. We can just talk about <laughs> one more, one more Kanye, Kanye West college dropout. Come on, space honestly. Hit. If I had Let's known go. that. Kanye was going to end up the way he did. I would not have taken the title college dropout as a piece of advice. Right. Facts, <laughs> facts. But I mean, I mean, you can listen to that album front to back and it's just banger after banger after banger. Classic, classic hip hop. That was a good year. It was, it was a good year of hip hop. But uh, it was a good year. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Uh, also, Betsy, uh, I did speak to one of our old college buddies who tuned in to the Sis Education podcast. Oh, really? I did. Mr. What did they say? Mr. G9 Cheeks. Oh, shit. What up, Cheeks? Yeah. So uh, for anyone listening, uh, his name's Paulie. We call him Cheeks because he he's a fucking couple of ass cheeks pressing. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. What up, Paulie? Um, so <laughs> he he, he kind of is. <laughs> he, uh, he was like, yo, where the fuck do I find you on Twitter and Instagram and all that? social media stuff he was like you didn't say it to the end you didn't say it at the beginning and i was like ah i was like maybe we should so maybe before we jump in to 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 cater to this sis amab right is that it is that the right term yes yeah okay okay i'm catching on uh (laughs) 
and uh, and let them know where we could find the social media handle, at least on All Twitter. All right, fine. Well, you know what? We're going to do this one time for you, Polly. Yeah. Um, the show's Twitter is at Sis Education Pod. For everybody else, because you already know mine, mine is at Betsy Bell. You are at Swiss with an L uh-huh. and we don't even, we haven't set up an Instagram or anything else. That's something, one of the things, one of the many, many things that I want to do is get involved with, like getting more involved with social media, but you know, we're, I, I'm, I'm more focused on like, what's going to be in the episodes right now. Than, of course, of course. I'm just, I'm, but... just, I'm just catering to, to an AMAB sis dog. Like which one? Yeah, well, you know, you know, sometimes you gotta, that's for you cheeks an old Penn state buddy. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Uh, there so you let's, go. Let's, let's break it down. Let's break it down. Okay. So um, real quick, I want to do a recap of what we did last week. Uh, you said it, an AMAB, cisgender, Paul the Chico. Paul the Chico. Um, <laughs> we, so last week we went over just some definition of terms, like basic terms that you're going to find whenever you have a conversation about anything related to transgender people or in a, like in a transgender circle. These are terms that always come up. So you need to know them if you want to be, you know, fluent in the conversations going on. One that I missed that I want to hit on is cis-het. Now, this is just a, a shortened version of cisgender heterosexual. Ah, So okay. like you, Bobby, are a cis-het. A cis-het, yes. Yeah, and most people are a cis-het. And it's important that you make that distinction of cisgender and heterosexual because the other point that I want to make right off the bat in a recap of last week is uh, gender and sexuality are not related. They intersect, but they're def- they're separate from each other. Okay. So like we, we all, this, again, this is something that we all intrinsically know. We know gay men, we know lesbians who are cisgender. Sure. Uh, so there's not, they're two different things. And like I said, they do intersect and they kind of like, like my sexuality has changed. I don't know if my sexuality has changed, but I've become more aware of it okay. um, since since I went have gone through a transition. But they're not; they're two different things, and that's something that I wanted to to make clear. So that's just a uh, recap from last week. Okay. Uh, this yeah. week, though, I want to do something a little bit different. We're not going to be talking about a topic that is, you know, general and relates to the trans experience in a broader sense. We're going to be talking about me a lot. This is going to be a Betsy heavy episode. You know, uh, I'm fucking down with that though. I'm in. <laughs> I, I want to hear it. Cause I, I've got bits and pieces of it. I've never got the whole full story and I'm glad we actually get to share this now. So fucking grip and rip. Tell me. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things, I mean, like I said last week, what I, one of the things I want to do is and encourage a lot of listener feedback. I want, you know, cis people to ask their questions I want uh, trans people and non-binary and gender non-conforming people to share their experiences and share their perspectives. And one of the best ways I think to encourage that is to share my experience and share my story and open up and be vulnerable for you so that you feel more comfortable doing that with us. So we're going to go through my whole story. This is the the Betsy Rothrock origin story. So here we go. All and right. like you said, Rob, you haven't heard this whole this whole thing. So I think it's no. good. Uh, just within the context of the show, it's good because you get to learn a little bit more about me. Right. And for, for uh, reference, so- for reference, real quick to our listeners, I have known Betsy for fucking 20 years. So 
yeah. let that let that soak in. This is all new to me. So it's, I think well, it's speaking definitely going to be. Speaking of 2004, I think that's the year that we met. Yeah, it was like yeah. it was the end, of my, right. so it was the end of my sophomore year at Penn State. Yeah, 17 years. Sorry, let me let me do the math correct. I don't want people whatever. To it's 17 couple years. Penn Staters can't do fucking, some math, yo. <laughs> it's fucking 20 years, but whatever. It's fine. <laughs> Round up. Exactly. Exactly. What's three more years? Jesus. Jesus fucked on. I know it. But yeah, go ahead. (laughs) So when I first became self-accepting and I first started my transition, I got a question a lot, and I'm sure a lot of trans people get this. Uh, People ask when, when you knew, when did you know that you were trans? And I think the prevailing, the prevailing idea, the prevailing, like, sense in in culture is that uh you know most most trans people know like from like from the time they can talk or walk like they just know their entire lives that they're trans like if you were amab you know your your entire life that you should have been a girl and it doesn't always work that way and especially for people our age because the culture has changed so much we were talking before the show about you know the younger generation they're growing up in a, t- in a totally different time than we did Oh, of course. That's so, good. They, and we also discussed that that was a good thing. <laughs> yes, yes, we've made progress. Yeah, we do not evolution. We do not, gender, we do not gender discriminate on the show except for boomers. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, but not really. But <laughs> <laughs> not really. But not really. <laughs> like, um, but yeah. So, like, they're growing up. Like, younger kids are growing up, and so you're seeing a lot of, you're seeing a lot more you're seeing a lot more kids coming out as trans. It's not that there are more people who are trans now than there used to be. It's just that there are more people who are comfortable coming out and, yeah. and, and living authentically. Um, because if you ask, if you asked me, even to this day, you asked me, when did I know? Well, I don't, I don't know what you want. To, like, are you asking like when it clicked for me and I realized that I needed to transition? Are you asking like, what is my earliest memory? Like, what what is the one that you want to know? Like, it's it's been a lifelong thing, but I didn't recognize what it was until a few years ago. Right, and that's one of the things. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the things that. That's one of the things about gender dysphoria. Uh, it it's not always easy to recognize, and if you don't know what gender dysphoria is, we're gonna do an episode about gender dysphoria and about gender euphoria, and we're going to get more into detail about that. But for now, the only thing you need to know is that gender, gender dysphoria is that, that feeling that you hear about of us, like, we know that there's just something wrong, hmm. you know, yeah. there's just something off and we can't really describe it. That's what gender dysphoria is. And if you have a chance to examine it, you can, you can get into it more, but that's all you need to know about what gender dysphoria is now. And one of the things um, what about, about gender gender, gender euphoria? Sorry, gender, I mean, you, gender euphoria is the opposite. So you, what do you mean? I don't understand. I don't get it. Okay, so gender dysphoria is feeling like there's just something wrong. You like you're in your assigned gender. You don't feel that you feel uneasy or uncomfortable. Gender euphoria is the opposite of that. Like when you're in your true gender, you feel relaxed you feel comfortable you feel sometimes elated uh-huh. uh this can and there are so many different things that can trigger trigger dysphoria or euphoria for me one of the things that triggers euphoria is like when i'm walking down the street in a sunny day and i see my shadow 
Right. Because I, because I I move and I look and my silhouette is that of a woman and it just like it just puts a smile on my face every single time. That's one I of the mean, things that does it for me. That's amazing. I I just, just would imagine that it's almost like uh <clears throat> to cis simplify it. <laughs> There's a term. Uh, well, the- like it's like a chicken or the egg theory like which one does come first is it is it uh gender euphoria or uh what well, fuck what this for you god idiot um <laughs> sorry i'm working on it no you don't you you don't know these words because you don't have to think about them but everybody experiences them that's and we gotta save that for the All other right, we will, the we next will, episode. will but go on continue sorry but, just um yeah but just real quick yes like cis people experience gender euphoria it happens right. all the fucking time. Right. Um, you just don't realize that that's what it is. But one of the other things that gender dysphoria can do is it causes a lot of memory repression. And as I got closer and closer to the point where I was becoming self-accepting, I noticed this phenomenon. Like I would think back to like high school. I couldn't remember like names of teachers that I had. I couldn't remember like things that had happened to me. Yeah. It's, it's wild. So you repress a lot of memories that aren't wow. even necessarily, yeah, you, that you wouldn't even necessarily, they're not even necessarily traumatic. You just don't remember stuff. Interesting. <clears throat> and so like that can make it so that you like, you think that oh, like, Oh, this is all sudden. But then when you, when you realize and you start to grapple with it, you kind of start to understand like, Oh no, there, there, it's always been that. Like there have always been signs. You have always at a certain level, you have always known, even if you didn't have the language to articulate it or even have a conception of the ideas to even like consider that that's what that, what what it might be. Right. Um, How would would you at such a young age or or would you, I don't know. I don't know. And and, cause in, in, I don't know. You, you told me, you hit me up in 2017 and told me about your transition and you told me a little again bits and pieces and i don't don't mean to detract from um momentum there but uh like how did you was there any point in time like do you remember being a certain age and being like maybe this or maybe i like this maybe i like this or i'm supposed to be this like preconceived notions from your parents or pressure or just how it was never it was never anything like overt like that but there were definitely points. Uh, the earliest memory that I have of doing something like explicitly feminine on purpose, I was yeah. like, I was in the age of like four, five, six, like that age. Okay. My parents in the neighborhood that we lived in. Was this Harrisburg like, it was also? Like, what's that? Have you, wait, no, you're, I thought you were from, where the fuck are you from again? I thought you were from Harrisburg. I, yeah, I'm from yeah, that's what I thought. All right. I always thought yeah, it was I, like, I like right now I live in the actual city of Harrisburg and everybody that's listening is from Harrisburg fucking represent, especially Susquehanna Township, 2002. You know how we do what, what? Holla. Oh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I grew up like right outside of Harrisburg. So if you look at right. a map, like the city boundaries of Harrisburg are like a T shape. And I grew up in Susquehanna Township, which is, um, the immediate municipality around it that's kind of shaped like a U that fits onto it. Sure. You know, so I grew up in like this, like suburban, typical suburban development, whatever. But in the back of that development, when I, before I was in school, before I started kindergarten, uh, both of my parents were working. So they needed a babysitter. And there was a neighborhood lady that, you know, they, it was another young couple, you know, in their 
early to mid thirties, just like my parents were at the time. Sure. And they had kids that were roughly the same age as me and my brother. And so they would drop us off at their house while they were at work because the, the mom was a stay at home mom and <clears throat> she was taking care of kids anyway. So she like took care of us while we were there. And there were a couple other kids. This woman was running like an illicit, like child care center, <laughs> like completely unlicensed. It was the, it was the late eighties. So like, it was a completely different time. Um, well, America dog. <laughs> <laughs> but so I mean, it was fine. Like I was, I had good times. Like I, there was a kid there that was my age and we would just like play in their swing set and it was great. And then we'd make sandwiches. But one day yeah, it was nap time and we had to, so she put us down for a nap. And for whatever reason, this day, the, the family was, you know, married couple. And then they had a, a son that was my age and then an older daughter who was a couple years older, like same age as my brother, if not a year older. But whatever, she was in school and I was not. So for whatever reason, this day, they had me take my nap in her room. Okay. And it was like like thirty minutes, an hour, forty five minutes, maybe an hour long, like nap time, whatever. I don't, I don't know. I don't it's know. Fucking nap time. It's fucking. Nap yeah, time. I don't know from kids, so I don't know how long they. Sleep no, nobody gives a shit how long it is. What's exactly? <laughs> whatever. The point was, I was going to lay down for a certain amount of time, and I didn't sleep for that whole amount of time. I woke up before nap time was over or whatever. So um, I'm in this girl's room and I see she's got a chair over by our window and she's got a little doll house. So like I go over and I play with her little dolls and I sit down in her chair in my mind, the way a girl does, right? Interesting. Like ah. I sit, you know how girls like- You're living, like, you were, you were rolling. And they like tuck their leg, like, like put their legs together and tuck them yeah. up underneath them. Yeah, I was like, I'm gonna sit like a girl. That was the first time that I ever did anything explicitly feminine on purpose. That's and again, so it's crazy before... that you remember that vivid memory. So yeah. su in such detail, even so <clears throat> many years later. Are you, are you want detail? I got in trouble for it because oh. the, girl came... <laughs> <laughs> no, the girl came back and I guess I like I had played playing with the stuff in her dollhouse. And I didn't put it back to where it was. So I got found out immediately. I didn't like get in trouble. I got a, like, I got a talking to. Right. Hey, put, like, put, I got put, put the shit like, back where you found it. When you're four it. years old. <laughs> right. What's that? Put the shit back where you found it, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Hey, yeah, my well, dolls were set up like this, dude. <laughs> that's the lesson. That's the lesson I learned. Pay attention to detail. Don't get caught. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What a crazy memory. Gnarly. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the first, first time I remember doing something explicitly feminine on purpose. And then a couple of years later, my, my dad had a sister. So my aunt and my aunt and uncle had two daughters and they were exactly the same age as me and my brother. All right. So one weekend, and again, this is a couple of years after this. So this is, I don't know, maybe like 92, 91, 92 ish. I was like, maybe around seven years old. Right. A couple of years And the, the girls, my two cousins came down to visit so that their parents, my aunt and uncle could go away together without the kids for the weekend. And on Saturday that weekend, uh, my mom took the girls out with them or out with her. And then me and my brother were with my dad. So it's like a girl's day and a guy's day, whatever. Sure. We all came back to the house around the same time. Like I remember like being out in the front yard and my mom came back with my cousins 
And my mom owned a beauty salon and she did until a couple of years ago. And so she had the, the girls out and she did their hair. Now, again, this is 1991, 1992. So she crimped their hair because that's what we did. We thought it looked good. And I remember the, the girls getting out of their hair, getting out of the car with their hair crimped. And I was like, I want that. I want to do that to my hair. I like that. And I said something about it. And my dad was like, no, that's for girls. Ah, ah. so he did so, like the, uh, he did the, uh, you know, the, the typical, like that generation dad thing. Well, it wasn't like, I don't want to make my dad sound like, sound like he's some, some form of like, no, I would never take it that way because yo, <laughs> your dad's fucking cool as shit. Uh, I'm not, I'm not saying he doesn't. <laughs> But at the time was different, you know, it was well, like yeah, and it was late just like, you know, eight, like, late 80s, like, early 90s. Yeah, like late, like, yeah, early, like I said, like 91, 92, like in that time. So like gender norms were like, that's just the way it was. Right. Yeah, for sure. Right. Well, but, as far as we knew, you know. Yeah, exactly. So those were the first, like the earliest memories that I have of like understanding that there's a difference between boys and girls and men and women and kind of being dissatisfied with the side of that, that I was on. I mean, crimped hair is tight as fuck dog. Let's be real. <laughs> I mean, okay. You can, <laughs> I, you I, would, I, would, I might do it. I might do it. I have long. You hair. should. I might. I might. I don't, I, don't, I don't think that's gender specific. I think that it's just a good look, yep. but, but I'm not discounting at that time. Yeah. You know, what, what, no. uh, who, what, you know, what was going on <laughs> there's gender is a social construct there's nothing that's gender gender specific you can do whatever the fuck you want no fucking diggity no doubt <laughs> um so yeah those are the first time the first things that you recall that i recall such a, like those are my a... earliest memories of anything that could be considered like dysphoria or just like a general dissatisfaction with the gender that i was in all right so let's go to the next phase of life you will did four years old, seven, eight, any times in like when you were 12, 13, 14, like adult, like adolescent, you know, pre-pubescent or post-pubescent where you felt the same way? There yeah. isn't anything that I specifically remember. Like when we get into like, you know, 10, 11, 12, that's when I was just doing, like, I was just doing like typical, like boy shit. Like I played baseball. For sure. I, I did like, I, you know, I just, I was just, just you know, sticking around, go, fucking skateboarding. Yeah, fucking, exactly. You know, riding bikes. I'd go over yeah. my buddies, lighting fireworks. And we would have sleepovers no. and shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Playing video games. Over. No shit. Like typical. Yeah, whatever. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Playing Mortal Kombat at my friend's house because my parents wouldn't buy me a video game system because they didn't uh, want me playing Mortal Kombat. Oh, I had to do the same thing and put the cheat code in to get the blood. That was exactly. a thing. That was exactly. a thing. But anyway, yeah. so, so go on. I was just curious if there was any sort of like little gap in your in your timeline where you were kind of honing in like all right this shit is you know getting real like as far as the feeling intensifying you know from that point until basically until i <clears throat> hit adolescence and puberty no there wasn't an intensification but as i hit puberty and i got into like you know 13 14 15 years old that's when i that's when things started to to accelerate I see. Um, like when I like was becoming sexually aware. Right. Yeah. Right. It started, it, it manifested itself mainly as like, like I would get these depressive episodes every now and again, 
and I wouldn't know why. And like, when you're at that age in like the mid to late nineties, you're just figuring like, all right, well, everybody's kind of depressed. I mean, listen to like, <laughs> Blink you know, 82, fucking emo. Yeah, we're like, I, I listen to Smashing Pumpkins all the fucking time. Oh, I like, love that though. Uh, I was yeah. having a conversation on Twitter with this girl about Smashing Pumpkins today. Holy shit. <sighs> Yo, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Yes, it was one that of the album greatest too. albums of all time. But yeah, like Melancholy is a, a very exactly. real feeling that, that most people feel. So that's not exactly. That so either. you're just like, I, you know, everybody gets depressed. We're teenagers is what happens. But it was also, this is also when like there was a, a sexual element that came into it as well, where like when I was alone, like if I were ever masturbating and I didn't have any porn, like the shit that I thought about was not like necessarily tits. You know what I mean? Like, right. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was, I, I mean, would that's, think about that is like, that is something that every individual human being has only to themselves to think about. That is what they call the spank bank. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, and my spank bank was filled with a lot of things that aren't typical for a teenage boy. Yes. Okay. Um, well, at All least right. one who thinks that he's straight. All right. So you had those, um, those, that thought process at a, at a fucking young age. Yeah. And, and I'm sure you fought with that. No. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it was like, it was one of those things that like, I just would not, you know, you just don't tell anybody. Ah, I see. Did you don't you feel tell like anyone. it was wrong. It's no, I didn't feel like it was wrong. One of the things like my, I said, mentioned that my mom owned a beauty salon and she owned, so she owned a beauty salon in downtown Harrisburg. So she had a lot of like hairdresser friends. Uh huh. A lot of those were gay guys. So I've been exposed to and around, you know, members of the LGBT community since before I can remember. Sure. It's not something that I was raised to, um, you know, it's the environment that I was raised in was not like disparaging to LGBTQ people. It was very accepting and open and, and loving. Um, so it wasn't that I thought it was wrong. I just, there was an image. I had a, I had a brand to uphold, a reputation to uphold. Yeah. I was a dude, right? I was a yeah. straight dude. So yeah. no, I'm not going to talk about this with anybody. Right. And you know, it's your your private moments, your private thoughts while you're, you know, playing with yourself. It's not something really something that comes up oh, ever. I mean, <laughs> in conversation. We, we, we talked about Republicans in episode 1. Let's not fucking think about what they fucking think about this crazy Oh god. Yeah. So uh, but but honestly, like it is a very human thing. It's a very personal thing. You don't share that shit with people, you know, maybe you meet somebody one day that you do, but not, not when well, you're I, fucking yeah, that I mean, age, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, it's just not, it's not something that you typically encounter in, in, in quote unquote, polite society. No, like ever. Right. Right. <laughs> like, like, what right. The fuck? It's just, I not, think more I, people, I think more people should, it would get pe the sticks out of people's asses about sex and stuff. Oh God. I wholeheartedly right. agree. We were, we were evolved to, eat, sleep, and fuck. I mean, it's like, that's, we're animals. That's, that's, a, that's right. all we do. Yeah. Like, yo, I feel like in Europe, it's a little different. I feel like the United I'm States sure. specifically is like, no, no, you can't think that way. You can't do that. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, this country, this country was founded by the people who got kicked out of England for being too stuffy. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And so, also because they hated taxes. Now look where we are. <laughs> yeah. Look at your, well, your paycheck, right? <laughs> we, we are actually one of the least taxed in, um, industrialized countries. Like political science, don't fuck with me. I won't <laughs> fuck with you. If you say it, I believe you. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't. I won't even step into that arena with you because you'll school this shit out of me. Absolutely. But I, I'm still here to learn. So if you want to tell me, I, I'm, I'm here. So maybe we'll maybe we'll do a bonus episode or put it on the Patreon. Sure. Um, so yeah, it was like I would have these depressive episodes, and like my like my sexual fantasies fantasies would be like not typical for like a a straight cis guy. Right. Um, like when I would watch porn, this is when this started. Where like I would watch porn. And I would want to be the girl in the ah, scene. Ah, I see. All right. All right. Right. You're heating up. You're heating up. And this will come back later, but I was, this is kind of the beginning of like, because that's where it started to manifest early on. Mm -hmm. It was easy for me to just brush it off as like, oh, it's just a, it's just a fetish. It's just a sexual fantasy. It's not really like, it's, it's not. It's just a thing, like a like a passing fancy. Right, exactly. It's just right. something that I'm kind of into sexually, but it doesn't really affect the core of my being. Sure. You know? and, and, and as you get older and times change, that does change for every person, you know? Nonetheless, um, you know, um, a trans AMAB. Did I use that right? Yes nice wait but did i though you're looking at me like no I you did, did. you used it correctly but it's just quick it's just quicker to say trans found trans found. boom mm -hmm. okay so so uh, you kind of hone in like naturally like okay this is not a passing fancy for me this is something like this is my shit yeah that and that kind of came later on in life because like as i got older those depressive episodes that I described, yes, um, they would just, they would keep coming back. And every time that they came back, they were a little bit more intense, like incremental, almost unnoticeable, but a little bit more intense. They would last a little bit longer and they would come a little bit more frequently. Mm -hmm. And so it's, that started when I was like 13, 14, 15, and that would just continue through for the rest of my life, building and building and building and building. And around this time, when I was like 16, 17, um, like junior, senior year of high school, <clears throat> I started to do exhibit some behaviors that were more external. Like I would steal my girlfriend's underwear so I could wear them. Oh, did you? Yes, I did. Oh, you dirty dog. I did that all through, like, from my late teen years all the way through uh, my 20s. And, like... Did you if, like it? Are they if, more if, comfortable? If, like, if, did you do it? No, they, they just felt... no? They felt better for me. And not in, like... It, it wasn't, like a, like, a physical comfort. Like, I felt good when I was wearing them. Right. You were just like, this is right. Yeah. Nice. Like this is right. And so like, if they ever, if there was ever a chance that like a girl that I had slept with had, you know, left her panties at my place, I was wearing them. I can almost guarantee you, Rob, there was a, at some point we were out partying and I was wearing a thong. I can guarantee it. Look at you like a fucking <laughs> little Cinderella of thongs. <laughs> 
I can almost guarantee it. Oh, fucking A. Well, that's tight. Cooks, dude. <laughs> nice. You just want to look at my skirt, you fucking perv. Oh, I probably would have. I don't know. <laughs> I definitely would have drawn dicks on you after you passed out, though. Absolutely. Now, well, yeah. you would have done that anyway. That's why I always stayed up later than everybody else. Oh, oh. Or well, this was a good one. You put the aloe in the socks. Okay. The aloe Were in the you- socks. Were you there the night that we piled all the shit on top of Polly? Uh, not at that spot. I was there when we when when we did it at Patterson. Yeah, at Patterson to Bama and to Bama. Then, yeah, yeah, that motherfucker. I still, <laughs> I still owe him for that. He soaked. He took a bucket of water and fucking. Oh my god! Me. Yes, I remember. That. In the middle of the night, motherfucker. Actually, it was really early. But uh, but anyways, all right. So you wore thongs in college. That's cool. Yes, I wore and and again like. When I talked about the depressive episodes and how I just chalked it up to like, well, everybody's everybody's depressed. We're teenagers, right? Yeah. These kinds of things, I always just chalked up, well, everybody's a little bit gay, you know? Uh, yeah, sure. You know? Like, everybody's got a little bit of that in them. So, like, well, I was doing these things, I'm like, that's just kind of the way it manifests for me, right? That, you know, it's fine. I'm still not going to tell anybody about it. No, never... no, no, wait, let me pause you. Now, n- what is exactly a little bit gay? Is it a little bit of the tip in your butt? Or is it like, oh, you know, that guy fucking smells good. I'd probably let him give me a massage. Like, what is a fucking little bit gay to you? Probably the second one more than the, the first. Okay, all right. But then, yes, everyone is a little bit gay. Everyone is a little bit gay. <laughs> I mean, I'd let Paulie give me a massage right now if he fucking wore the right cologne. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, please let this be a recurring bit. We're just rag on Polly. Jeez. <laughs> uh, he's listening. I know he's listening. I know. Uh, I love you, Polly. I fucking love you, Cheeks. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I thought like everybody wants to be a little bit gay. I like everybody is a little bit gay so none of these things don't really matter no they don't but again you couple that with the depressive episodes where i just like i know that there's something wrong i know that i'm never going to be as happy as i could be and it's not that i didn't experience joy i mean we had plenty of fucking good times i would always have be able to have fun with my friends but like i always knew that this was always in the back of my head and it was gonna come back at some point i was gonna have to deal with it yeah But one of the other things that I forgot to mention, like during that time, like in my teen year, high school years and in college, is that whenever I would see like groups of girls together or like, you know, I mean, you know how social groups work. Like there's a group of guys and a group of girls and they all kind of like hang out together. Birds of a feather. Right. So I always wanted to be with the girls and know what they like, just be a part of that milieu just like that's the group that i wanted to be in Mm -hmm. i always relished chances to be with groups of girls not because i sensed like a a, an opportunity for a sexual partner although like i definitely did because i am bisexual but okay i just enjoyed being around girls and like whenever i had a couple of girlfriends that lived with me uh before i came out and i just i enjoyed so much having their things in my space you know 
I do. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, just the essence, really. Yeah, yeah. Just sounds having like, that, you know, that, it's having not that one specific feminine, thing. It's just, yeah, it's just a feminine. It's that feminine energy near me. Right. And like being a part of that. Like that's always wanted that. And like very specifically, I'm going to call out, I've talked to you about them. Um, the group of girls that I've most looked up to and I'm most like, that were like role models and examples of like femininity and womanhood when I was in my late teen years um, is the same group of girls that I hang out with now. Um, so uh, Courtney, Ali, Maria, Ashley, both of the Lindsay's and Kim, all of you girls, I love you so much. That's right. We'll get into a little bit more detail with them, but they were like, they were the pinnacle. They were who I wanted to be. That's awesome. Yeah. And, what up, ladies? Um, what up? What up? <laughs> and I'm going to be, we're recording this on Friday night and I'm going to be hanging out with them tomorrow. So uh. that's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Tell them, you know, a yeah, guy down in Florida is, is kind of decent. <laughs> they're all married, dude. They're all uh, married. Most of them have kids. Uh, so they're, okay. They're not all married, but you know what I mean? They're all married. Wifed up, wifed up. Exactly. Gotcha. I read um, you. Uh, Courtney just got mad at me for saying that. <laughs> well, I say thank you, ladies, for hollering at my girl Betsy, though. Yeah, you know it. Hell yeah. Yeah. And like when I did first like come out, like start like started coming out like fully coming out publicly they just completely embraced me as as one of the girls just like okay you're us now that's amazing fine. good amazing right news. that's like and it was exactly what i needed at that moment and do you, so do you think that's common uh i really can't say i mean it depends on everybody's situation like are they in a are they in an environment that's socially acceptably accepting like that right uh, you know, I don't know. That's one thing I love about Harrisburg. It's a small city, but it's like super LGBT friendly. And like, it's just like a really fucking chill vibe. And everybody's, oh my gosh. everybody's cool. And we have listeners in London, in fucking London. And you London were saying and how... Edinburgh and, and Glasgow and fucking Brussels. Right. Like, what's it like over there? Like, do they have know. that luxury, that, that, that love and light? You know, it's crazy to think about, <clears throat> to think about it so, so globally. I know it's wild. It's International, worldwide, wide, 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 wide. <laughs> shouting out to you. We're thinking about you. If, if any of you, any of you folk overseas want to holler and give us your experience, that would um, that'd be very insightful and uh, important. Let us know what's on your mind. Yeah, definitely. We want to hear. I, it's like, I want to get it like getting fucking different perspectives from different cultures. It's not all just the USA. Like, yes, please. Right. Hell yeah. So yeah, that's kind of where I was at. Um, like I was having these depressive episodes. I was constantly doing things that like I I, I wanted to ex like expose myself to femininity as much as I possibly could. Um, but it wasn't anything that like I, it wasn't anything that I ever really thought about. Like I didn't think that it was fucking possible. I mean, you remember what it was like in the like late '90s, early 2000s. I, like if somebody had said anything about a trans woman, it like trans women were jokes. Are you kidding you know? me, dude? Ace Ventura is like all about that. Yes. Ace Ventura, Mrs. Doubtfire. It's like, um, uh, it's like, it's a, it's the joke of a man in a dress. Right. Curve right. Up. Your gun is digging into my hip. Like, uh, yeah, God. Oh. yeah, I know. I know. Oh, I watched that, that movie the other day. one of my favorite movies as a kid. And I look, think back at oh, it now. It's just like, I know. They just outdate themselves. Some, Jesus, some do, some don't. The Goonies hasn't. Just saying. Anyways, yeah. So, yeah. 
Goonies is a classic. Come on. I have to watch it. Um, okay, here's a hot take about movies. Back to the Future. Yeah. Garbage. Not a and, good movie. Well, well, I mean, a lot of pundits could say the same. Why do you say that? Back to the Future 2, even worse. <laughs> Garbage movie. God, I can't even believe you're saying this to me right the now. I acting, love those movies. Go back and watch it, dude. The acting is awful. The writing is worse. I love it's it. It's so bad. It's, I love it. It's unwatchable. Uh, yeah, but what? What about writing and acting ties into what you're describing right now? I don't understand. I'm that. describing a movie being bad and not oh. watchable. So you're just you're just saying like now that we're older, that movie's unwatchable for you. <clears throat> I thought you were saying like like Ace Ventura seems out. Oh no no no, no, no. it's not anything like no. It has nothing to do with that. It's just oh, a okay. bad movie. I was like, did I miss something? I was like, what the fuck? No, it's just like when I say it's a bad movie, it's not anything thematically. It's just like. Uh, I will never, I'll never it's agree like, with it's, you on it's that. A poor, I, it's it's not, a poor quality. It's a poor uh, quality of God. Food. You're not, you're not pulling me in on that, Betsy. Yeah, I disagree. Let's move forward. Yeah, <laughs> we we're disagree. Gonna call on that, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it. We'll, uh, yeah, maybe we'll. Well, I don't want to, like, I don't want to get too far. I don't, I don't want to detract from it. I'm just saying that, like, things that were from the mid '90s and late '90s do not uh, really hold water um, in yeah. the in the culture that we live in today. And that's another thing that um, there's going to be, I, there's an episode I want to do about media portrayals. And that's something that we'll talk about that sure. for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. So again, like I was saying, I was having these depressive episodes. I was doing all of these, um, all of these things to kind of just like give my sense, give myself a little piece of femininity that I could carry with me. Right. And, you know, I couldn't say anything to anybody because at the time, like trans people, trans women were, were just jokes or we were like drug addicted whores and like the most tragic circumstance that you could imagine. Uh, that was the understanding of what being trans was. So like transition wasn't something that I even considered to be an option. And also like in my 20s, your 20s are generally like a, an, insta an unstable time. You know, you move around a lot. Uh, you're always, you're switching jobs all the time, especially because I worked in the restaurant business and anybody that's done that work knows that you just, you're constantly going from place to place to place to place. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you know, you just kind of cycle around. You're a sword for hire. <clears throat> exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so I think that level of instability in my 20s allowed for me to kind of ignore it as well like i would still get the depressive episodes but i could like i had by this time been able to like you know figure out a way to just like work my way through it Ugh. suppress it push it down and move forward god that is a bad look yeah it's yeah. not good no it wasn't good no. and you know i said last episode that i spent a very long period of my life being extremely fucking angry this is part of the reason why because i was holding so much shit in yeah and i didn't even realize because i was in fucking denial but then i got as i got into my late 20s and and turn and it was like into like turning 30 <clears throat> i i settled down I got out of the restaurant business. I started, I sold cars for a couple of years. I was really bad at it. <laughs> it was worth a shot though. <laughs> hey, it was worth a shot. I mean, like it, like when you made a sale, it is exciting, but yeah, I mean, it's money, you know, anything exactly. to, to pay the bills, but go ahead. But 
I started, like, you know, I got married and you met my ex-wife. I did. Yeah. Uh, so she's a wonderful girl. I'm not going to give any personal details because she's not a part of this. And no, you, you don't need to. I, I actually enjoyed her very much. Yeah. I, like, I want to protect her privacy, but I do want to just say that, like, we're divorced now, but she she's always going to have a special place. We're still friends. We still talk. I love her to death. Um, she was the first person that I ever truly trusted. And because I was able to trust her, I was able to trust myself. I wouldn't be here if like, I wouldn't be at this point if it weren't for her. So oh, man, that's all I'm going to say about my ex-wife. I love yeah. her. Yeah. Fucking A. But yeah, I settled down. I got married. We bought a house. I got out of the restaurant business. I got, you know, sold car for, cars for a couple of years, like I said. And I, and then I moved to uh, the job that I have currently. <clears throat> and all of this was just like settling down and giving me some stability and some space. Routine as well. Right. Some routine and some space to finally start to like examine things. And it was around this time that the, the depressive episodes that I was having were coming so frequently that it was, it was affecting, it was getting to a point that it was affecting my life almost on a daily basis. I think that's when you and I started to reconnect a little bit. I think so. That was when <clears throat> you started. I then, like I said, in the first episode, when, you know, I was, I was gravely concerned um, about just, <clears throat> just where, where your energy was, you know, it, it didn't, yeah. It wasn't really you or how I remembered you or how I think of you, you know, I was, yeah. you know, uh, I, I was, I was scared for sure. So, you know, I, 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 I definitely think I had got little bits and pieces of that time in your life. Yeah, it was, um, it wasn't very pleasant. And this was, you know, in the, in the fall of 2017. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm having all these, depressive episodes it, they're, they're getting harder and harder to ignore and like by this time I had kind of figured out that like that whole thing of like me wanting to um like when I would watch porn and I would want to be the girl in the scene yeah like yeah. I had kind of started to embrace that as a fetish and I knew that that was something that was part of of what was going on ah, right like right. I had finally all like right. It wasn't just some like weird thing. It was like, okay, well, this is just a part of who I am. This is part, just part, this is part of my sexuality. Right. Like I do want to be part, I do want to be part of that, that girl click. I do want to wear women's underwear. It's not just, this is a sexual preference for me. This is more of just who I want to be. It's more of a lifestyle. This is who I am. Well, it, it was at this point, it was more like it's, it, it is part of who I am, but it's more part of my sexuality than it is a like a like a foundation of myself so that's where i'm confused now because now okay. now i'm like oh wait so i thought this foundation was being built all the time and then the sexual uh orientation kind of added to it and and then it came full circle so you're saying that there's the sexual preference first and then the essence of wanting to be in the girls click and wanting to just have feminine things around. It, it's, it's, it's kind of like a yin and a yang. Okay. Like they, they, they happen simultaneously and I didn't, 
I didn't connect them. Right, right. But now that you're saying it all together in this discussion, I'm kind of looking from the outside, looking in and kind of being like, oh, shit. Well, this makes total fucking sense then, doesn't it? Right. Right. So I was still like in a I was still in denial, but I just I knew there was something that I knew there was something going on. Mm -hmm. And then there was a catalyst that really just like launched me forward, which was. Have you ever seen the show Big Mouth on Netflix? I have seen it. Um, I, I, I'm going to say no. I, ha I haven't watched it, though. All right. Well, you should definitely watch it. I know. It's I've heard great things about it. Fucking I, I, hilarious. I, I, I've been going to the office in Parks and Rec. Let's, but anyways. Yeah, big, I, get, I get it. Okay. Watch, watch Big Mouth. It's fucking great. It's about... If anybody that if anybody hasn't seen it, it's an animated series. Ah, uh, no, about, no, we know it's an animated series. What the fuck about Big Mouth? What I'm, was it? If people haven't seen it, then no, they, you're not here to advertise no Big Mouth. I want to know more about hey. you and less about hey. Big Mouth. I'm it's oh, it's cliffhanger, no, cliffhanger. I'm gonna tell him, asshole. If you haven't, don't listen to Bobby. If, <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen Big Mouth, it's an animated series about kids in middle school going through puberty. Okay. They did an animated series because the jokes that they tell would not fly if they were using live actors. Anyway, moving right. on. Yeah. <laughs> now, which episode and what scene and what okay. happened? I'm watching season one. This is in 2017 when it, when it premiered. I'm sitting there watching season one, laughing my fucking ass off because it is hilarious. Right. But I am simultaneously feeling extremely uncomfortable in a very new way. Huh. It like it made me feel so fucking weird and it wasn't the same depressed. It was I, I recognized it as related to the depressive episodes that I described earlier, but it was different. This actually felt more like love. Huh. In what way? In like a way that you are like you're in love with somebody, but you can't be with them and you can't talk to them or see them. Oh, God. I know like that this, feeling. I know that feeling from a fucking cis standpoint. So yeah. Well, everybody that's experienced love knows that feeling. Sure. Absolutely. Um, Sorry. I didn't mean to like, but just like, like that, but. this, just like this deep yearning that was tied in with all of these things that I had been feeling since I was in middle school. And I'm watching the show about people in middle school going through puberty and look back, like, flash forward a few months, I, I look back at that and I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, because I went through the wrong puberty. That's why I was feeling that. Ah, interesting. Please elaborate. Like, I'm watching and it's like, you know, they're, you know, they're, there's the main protagonist. There's like these group of guys and like they're, they're friends with a few of the girls. And it's like puberty from both perspectives. And I'm sitting there watching it. And I'm just like, no, yeah. Like I fucking all that shit that the guys go through. I went through, I recognize all of it and I fucking hated it. I didn't like it at all. No. And all the stuff that the girls are going through, it's like, yeah, they all bitch about their periods, but I fucking want one. Oh, really? You want one? Yeah. <laughs> Why? It's, they because sound miserable. That's, that's gender euphoria. It's a fucking thing that you experience. Ah, you circle back to the gender, gender euphoria. Okay. 
and right. and it's something and it's something that transphobes use to weaponize against us. Okay. We don't bleed, so we're not real. Now we're cooking with fucking gas. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. So that is something that a trans femme, or at least you, do at want. least me personally. Yeah. Wow, you're blowing my mind right now. Yeah, that makes so much fucking sense. Yeah. Wow. And then the turfs fucking give you shit for that. For that. Wow. Because they're fucking dickheads, like I said. Oh, man. Wow. So at at this point, this is the fall of 2017. I'm like having this like this slow motion epiphany. And I'm like, all right, I need to find out more information because so this is 2017. This is after all the bathroom bills. This is after I had like examined the um, I had examined trans identity as an outsider. And I had kind of come to accept that it's like perfectly fine for people to be trans and that it is that transition is something that's possible. Okay. so I needed to do more research like what. I need to hear from trans people. I need to hear from yeah. trans women what their stories were. Of course. So yeah. that I could compare. So I started actively, this is the first time that I started actively looking for uh, trans stories. And, um, you know, I would look around for podcasts because I was, I was working at an office job. I was sitting at a desk all day. I, that's one thing that I can do is I can listen to podcasts and I can do it privately because I have my headphones in and da, da, da. Right. I like would find, I found a couple of podcasts. I would look for things like articles online, like essays that uh, trans people had written um, about their experiences. I started following at this time. Um, I started looking for trans people to follow on social media um, to kind of just get their perspective. And while I was reading through like the stories of people's like coming out and, and listening to these podcasts about the same thing, I was like, had this running checklist in my mind. And it was just like, yeah, okay, that one. Yes, that one. Yes, that one. Not that one so much, but (laughs) definitely that one for sure. Like, and it was just like a checklist going on all the time. And it's like, yeah, I'm hitting all of these fucking boxes. Right. Like own it, send it. Yeah. And then also like seeing um, trans people on social media and Honestly, one of the things that that really opened the door for me as, as as to it being a possibility to transition was seeing them living their lives and interacting with the world and realizing how just fucking boring and normal they are. <laughs> I, I did, but who wants to be that? But Nobody. Like, you know, Nobody wants to be boring and normal. Not, not normal and bo- not normal and boring and like uh, like a fucking stuffy ass fucking like Republican way, but like, just like, but like, Oh, like you don't like, they're literally just living their lives. They like, they garden and they make jam and they have, you know, their hobbies and their interests and they're just fucking people. They're just, well, that's that. I mean, when you put it that way, that's the, that's just how everybody should be like, yo, fucking go about your business, do whatever the fuck you want. Exactly. You're enjoying the, the, the fruits of life, the blessings, right? All of them. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, yeah, it's, that's possible. But am I really <laughs> though? Am I really? I don't know. I I'm checking all these boxes and I know that it's possible for me to do it. 
but can't like can it really like am i really <clears throat> ah interesting so you then, did you did have your doubts yeah there's still like there, like i was i was first of all i was still denial is really really fucking hard to let go of yeah you know for everybody yeah um and second like i i remember my thoughts always going back to my dad and not in a way that like he would be disappointed or he would be upset but i growing up i always had a certain reverence for the patriarchal line in my family okay um it was my dad's side of the family has been in Pennsylvania since the the early 1600s. Jesus um, there's a genealogy. I have a fucking tattoo on my left shoulder. That's a memorial for my grandfather. It's the unit that he fought in in World War II. Like this man who was so soft-spoken and, and gentle and kind and generous to, with his family um, for a year and a half in the mid 40s, uh, got paid by the government to shoot Nazis. Like yeah. I had this huge reverence for him. Yeah, like and <laughs> like the idea that somebody that is in that line might be transgender was like hard for it was a hard mental hurdle for me to get over. Yeah. I was still deeply in denial about that. I would imagine. <clears throat> but one one day, I was at work, and this had been turning over my head for weeks and weeks every day I was getting a little bit more convinced that that like that I was trans but I wasn't sure I wanted I wanted to find a way out there had to be oh, some other explanation man. fucking crazy well one day at work I stand up to go to the bathroom and my office is just it's a cube farm it's just like an ocean of, of yeah, little dude. cubicles yeah no shit so I stand up from my desk you're at work like, yeah I'm at work Oh, fuck. I stand up from my desk. I take two steps and I stop dead in my tracks because my heart fucking exploded. And but good way, bad way. You were going to have an anxiety attack. Like, like, Jesus. Fuck. When I tell you, it felt like a beam of bright white light shot out of my chest oh good feeling nice i rob when i tell you the only reason i started moving again was because it was so intense i was convinced that everybody saw it <laughs> wow wouldn't it be i heard this little voice in the back of my head say you are a woman and my fucking heart exploded wow Wow. Intense. And I had that sense. moment. Now that doesn't happen for everybody. Sometimes it's a gradual thing. And, you know, if anybody's listening to this is questioning, don't wait for that moment. Got it, it might not happen. It might not be the way your story goes, but that's the way it went for me. And if anyone and out there does animations, I would love to see that animated in video form. That would be cool. Intense. That would be really cool. So yeah, I went to the bathroom then and, you know, I went to a stall because I needed to fucking like be by myself for a minute. God, imagine so. <clears throat> I would have gone for a run. I don't even know. Uh, like, yeah, right. I'm just taking off the rest of the day. Yeah. Um, no, I. Um, you bottle it. How did you do it? How did you do that? Go to the I bathroom, then in, go back to work. I went into the stall because I needed to have just like a second. And I went through this rapid fire of emotions that was. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh, oh 
shit. <laughs> Fuck. It dude. was, it was, oh my God, I figured it out. I know what this is. I know what this has been. Oh man. Oh, this is awesome. I know what it is. I can fix it. I know what to do. I can, wow. I can do something and make it better. Jesus. Oh, God damn it. I have to do something to make this better. <laughs> Shit, the work, the work, right? I don't know. The, the accept, I mean, dude, your whole life in that one moment just absolutely was fucking just transformed. Yeah. Like spiritually, I emotionally. I mean, I don't know how you felt physically, but fuck. Like, it was really intense. That is intense. But, I can't. Wow. I had never known. It's the first time I've ever heard that story out of you. Mama, you blew my fucking mind right now. I don't <laughs> know how our listeners feel, but I had never heard a story like that. And especially from somebody that I've known for so long and, and have so much love for that <clears throat> to, to hear that. Wow. Powerful. Wow. Fuck, dude. I'm fucking blown away. I can't wait to listen to this shit again. I'm going to like that shit is fucking nuts. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, yeah, I had to do something about it and we're going to talk about that next episode. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I can't so, wait. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, the Bessie Rothrock origin story. Part one. Wow. Uh, we, will be, we will be back. TBD uh, to be continued. T that's right. To be determined to be continued. TBD. Fuck, dude. TBD. I can't even speak correctly. Hey, listen, we're all TBD. Every single one of us. Oh, God. I, 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 I wholeheartedly agree with that. Wow. Thank you for sharing that story. Yeah, that's a pretty crazy story, right? It is fucking crazy. I would love to animate it. I really would. Like the way you explain the light, like coming out of your chest and people that you thought people would see it, like fucking crazy. Awesome story. Yeah. Awesome story. Good uh, for you. I love you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I love you too. All right. So we will be back with the continuation of the Betsy Rothrocker origin story. Um, well, I guess we did the uh, socials at the top. Yeah, but if Cheek's dumbass fucking made it all the way to the end, he has uh, attention problems. Fucking yeah, right. Exactly. Just in case. Fuck him. Fuck out. Yeah. All right. The show, yeah. <laughs> the show's Twitter is at Sisification Pod. Uh, follow <laughs> us there. Um, you can hit us up with whatever comments you want. Uh, my Twitter is at Betsy Bell. That's B E T S E E Bell, as in the Memphis Bell. Rob is oh, Bobby Swiss. Flo. But, but, well, I mean, you can call me Bobby Flo. I'm Swiss, but that's what I know. <laughs> All caps S W L S S. Yes. yes. <laughs> S-W-L-S-S at Swiss. Um, the show also has an email. It is syseducationpod at gmail.com. You can hit us up there with uh, any questions that you might have, uh, topics for episodes, any comments that you want to make uh, to tell us how great we are. We always love compliments. Um, also, subscribe, rate, and review the show. That's the easiest way for us to uh, be spread around is rates and reviews. And share it around. Tell your friends. Uh, get everybody on board because uh, this is our second episode. It's only going to keep getting better. So we will be back next week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Okay.